0: Brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Radio.
1: And a very good Wednesday morning to you. May 31st. Yes, May 31st. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. The last day of May. How about that?
2: Welcome to that, ah, David. Good wow. morning. Good
1: morning. Tomorrow, June, and here we go. That's uh, let's, We're rolling right into summer.
2: Uh, you know, we talked about Memorial Weekend being this unofficial start. It It feels like we're there. There's no rain in sight. Yeah. Uh, on our our Portland, Vancouver, um, you know, forecast. So is this summertime now for us? I don't know. Last year, I remember well, because we had a big family event, it poured
3: (laughs) throughout the month of June. Yeah.
2: So I don't know if we're going to make a switch here and, and, you know, Mother Nature, God's like, okay, yeah. Don't get too comfortable here. We still got a little bit more weather, but it was pretty nice out there.
1: Yeah. Well, I see early next week, if this is any indication, early next week in the 90s. <laughs> yeah.
2: So That's not not any yeah, weather. I don't, so. I
1: don't think that's uh, showing any rain at that point in time. Today is National Flip-Flop Day, though. And I'm not talking like changing your mind, flip-flop, And I'm talking about on-your-feet flip-flops. Flip-flops
2: on your feet. Yeah. I have more than... A couple pairs of flip flops. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're very stylish now. I, I you know, oh yeah. you know, you slip them on. I, 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 have like your basics, and you know, I have the pair that I would wear to the gym, uh, or in the locker room or something like that. Uh, but then there's like the yeah, the nice stylish ones. I love them. I love flip flops so much. I even have a pair of slippers. Ah. that are yeah flip flops. Sure, they slide slide right in and flop around.
1: I have had the same. <laughs> pair of flip-flops for I don't know how long they have lasted forever these are the best made flip-flops I've ever had they're just rubber you know, nothing, okay. nothing fancy, just blue, blue rubber. But man, have they lasted? I love them too. They're very comfortable. I don't wear them around. I don't like wearing them around for walking and things. But like if I'm at the beach,
2: oh for sure, someplace
1: like that, they're they're wonderful that they've lasted. Or just around the house in the yard or whatever. If I'm gonna go walking during the summer months and I don't want to wear shoes, I've got a pair of Birkenstocks that I love. Right, they're wonderful because you can walk in them. But your feet are still open, so yes. you're still getting the coolness of no socks or whatever. And that that's kind of my go-to summer walk, or my Burks. I love those. They, I, and they've lasted a long time, too.
2: That's a, so funny. But you're right about that. There are only certain occasions where you wear flip-flops, and yeah. it's not for walking all day long. No. Um, and you have that classic clicking. Click. <laughs> that's right. Clock. Flip. Yeah. Flop. Yeah. I love it. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go right home and put some on. So there
1: you go. Get your flip-flops out if you don't have them out yet. National Flip-Flop Day. How are you? How you doing?
2: Well, it's good to be back in the studio here. Yeah. Uh, praise God, we had a little bit of an extended trip over the weekend, of course, Memorial Weekend, and then I had to take an additional day, which was why we had an encore yesterday of the Morning Blend. Uh all praise and glory to God, David. Uh Two of my children, my son-in-law, were in a terrible car crash Mm -hmm. over the weekend. On Sunday, we were there visiting, having a wonderful day, and in an instant, things changed. Praise God, they walked away from this in a miracle. Yeah. I mean, to look at the pictures of this vehicle that ended up upside down, Mm -hmm. and uh, they were fine. Aside from really a few superficial scratches... uh, all is well. And it's and wonderful to boy, hear. Yeah, no parent wants to get that phone call. Nope. We were behind them. Yeah. We were driving in two separate cars. We were a few miles apart uh, as we got separated, kind of going through the mountains in eastern Washington. But uh, to come upon that after they'd called us and we got that, I'm okay. And then we were able to take care of some business over yeah. the last couple of days. So boy, we are thankful. Thankful. Parents. Absolutely.
1: Uh, material things can go away, but that's it. That everything was, everybody was okay. Uh, was aside from a little thing. soreness. Sure.
2: And boy, none of them felt very good about getting back into a car I, afterwards I as I we were trying em. to get things done. Yeah. Uh, it's a trauma and uh, they will not forget uh, for sure that this weekend. But again, like yeah. I said, Praise God, they were protected. The guardian
1: angels are with them.
2: Working overtime for sure. Well,
1: we're very happy to hear that everybody was okay. Uh, What do you have coming up today?
2: Well, David, Pope Francis creates a new archdiocese here in the West, but will it change visitors' experience when they come to visit? Sin City. Oh, I'll tell you about it. Okay,
1: we'll talk some wildfires and bears, natural resource things in the news today. We'll have that for
2: you. All right, we got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here is Matt Failey and The Only Light. And we are The Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's like
4: watching the sun rise. Knowing that it's got a set I know a new day is dawning But I haven't seen one yet It's like a cold wind are blowing The storm is raging in I know there's beauty and there's goodness I know how it is. Go. On. You're not alone. He's brought you where he's got you. Building a fortress trying to keep you in, I've no bigger thing to move in. Heaven's busting in, and nobody's gonna save you. It's not your fight to win. I'll be watching and praying
1: Failey and The Only Light. It is 7:11 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda joining you on The Morning Blend on this Wednesday morning. Well, Dina Marie, Father Dan going to join us as they talk about Mary
5: and St. Francis right after the forecast
6: Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish, in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O oh God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com
7: or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app.
8: May is the month of Mary. Celebrate our Blessed Mother by praying more with Matreday day Radio. Our powerful prayer team is waiting to hear from you so they can unite your intentions to Our Lady. Go now to the prayer page at MatreDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app or call our prayer hotline directly, 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737 or tap the Hail Mary Media app and MatredayRadio.com. Let us pray for you. Throughout the month of May, Matraday Radio also honors our Blessed Mother with a series of insightful Marian reflections, her sacred mysteries that take us directly to Christ in the Holy Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and Matraday Radio's three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass. May is the month of Mary, and it's a special time for more prayer at Matraday Radio leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 7.13
1: 7.13 at Mater Dei Radio, going to be a pretty pleasant day out there. Some morning clouds and a little sunshine this afternoon, not super warm, high of 68 degrees. Increasing clouds overnight tonight, low of 46, and then tomorrow, Thursday, mostly sunny, high of 73.
2: Currently it is 51 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver.
1: And 50 degrees at St. Charbel's Church in Portland.
2: Good
9: morning. This is Dina Marie of Faith Moments with a Franciscan moment on Matter Day Radio. Well, when we study the lives of the saints, one common thread we seem to discover over and over again is the saints' love for the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God. With me today to discuss Our Lady and St. Francis during a beautiful month where we honor Our Lady throughout the month of May, we have Father Dan Petit joining us, Franciscan Friar. Good morning, Father Dan. Happy May Day as we celebrate. We're recording on this feast of St. Joseph the Worker. So uh, I think a beautiful way to start. A month honoring Our Lady.
7: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hi, good to be with you again, Dina Marie. You're right. I mean, the two great hitters in the Catholic faith, Mary and Joseph.
9: Yeah. Well, I wanted to just have some time today to reflect on. St. Francis and our Blessed Mother. And before we started talking, we mentioned Our Lady of Fatima. And I thought, you know, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Lourdes, these particular times in history were way after St. Francis. But St. Francis's life, let's go back to when he lived and his how he just got drawn so closely to the Blessed Virgin Mary. What are some of the examples we have of his life and his affection for Our Lady?
7: Well, I think in many ways, uh, Mary embodied for Francis the pathway to Jesus, her son, uh, which was the way of poverty. You know, Francis strove. I mean, we, I don't think we can appreciate this fully today, but he actually worked hard at living a poor, simple life. It took effort on his part and his model for that he called he kind of uh, uh used an image or a metaphor for that in speaking of lady poverty but mary was the true vessel the actual historical vessel of the pathway leading to that lowliness of her son which is uh in in his poverty and simplicity and humility and so in, very, in many ways, that's the way Francis understood Mary was she was the she was the guide, if you will, to the narrow gate. And the narrow gate is Jesus himself, um, and she can get us there.
9: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We hear Lady Poverty. I think I associate that with the poor Clares and St. Clare and the community that came following St. Francis and really that that. That virtue of poverty. Where do we see, as we look back in Scripture, that re- revealing Mary's poverty? Um, that, of course, Francis would have recognized and really strove for.
7: Well, I think uh, definitely the moment of poverty for Mary, especially, is the uh, the Annunciation. Her humility there. Uh, she's troubled by this greeting of the angel. Uh, hail full of grace and the scriptures actually say she's troubled by that like and the angel assures her don't be troubled um here she is a singular vessel of honor and grace and she's so humble at that moment with the greeting of the angel that she's troubled by it i mean it's it's remarkable humility right there you know that uh, Oh, she didn't say, oh, well, thanks for acknowledging who I am or something. You know, it wasn't anything quite like that. So Mm self-conscious, it was just so amazingly humble uh, Mm -hmm. at that moment.
9: Right. I'm talking with Father Dan Petit in this month of May, where we honor Mary. Obviously, we have here the Mother's Day. So our motherhood, the joy of motherhood, the dignity of motherhood. And I've seen it referred the divine motherhood of Mary, uh, that Mary has that beautiful divine motherhood. We've talked before, Father Dan, about the nativity scene, the crash and that total poverty that we see St. Francis really wanting to share with people to see that poverty that both Mary and I guess I'd say Mary, Joseph and Jesus all shared in poverty at his birth.
7: Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, this is the thing we forget about Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Now, uh, they lived in that small little hovel of Nazareth. uh, And, you know, that there was, it was not a, a a very wealthy or even well it was well provided for but it wasn't it wasn't uh opulent anyway it was simple and even mary i I don't doubt that Mary even had days where she didn't have enough food to eat that or she felt hunger her poverty was of such a nature that she felt hunger at times and I imagine, for example, that uh, she delighted in the multiplication of the loaves of Jesus. You know, the the couple of times he did that because, first of all, for the divine manifestation of his sonship and his divinity, that was something she delighted in. But she also got a meal out of that, which was a good thing, too. You know, it's kind of uh, took care of the hunger pains that maybe she suffered uh, as a result of her poverty um, because she didn't stay home knitting or, or living her home in nazareth while the incarnate word was wandering the countryside no she was in the crowd every day with him following him just like uh so many others and how, you know how do you live with that how do you how do you feed yourself you know and um, her poverty so francis of assisi um he strove daily to grow closer to Jesus and Mary in their poverty and humility. And what's remarkable about Saint Francis is every day he woke up, he was out-trumped by their poverty and their humility. And that's just amazing how great a saint, and yet he was still out-trumped by their lowliness and humility, Mm -hmm. uh, especially that of uh, the son of the living God in Christ. Bonaventure has a line at one point where he says, the humility of God in Jesus Christ is so deep and lowly, that as he says, Ratio De Dice, reason fails to grasp the, 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 the degree to which he was poor and lowly. So Francis strove with all his might to get closer to Jesus and Mary in their holiness, humility, and poverty, and he took a great deal of effort on his part to do that.
9: Right. And when you talk about that, Father Dan, just in terms of his rule and looking at how are we going to live our daily lives and trying to have that as an example to the friars, those who were drawn to Saint Francis, how were some of those principles of humility and poverty put into what do we do every day? How do we approach others? How do we approach God? How do we bro- approach um, society and creation?
7: Well, I think I think one way clearly is, uh, and I, of course, I've learned this in my own life. From uh, it's one of my favorite qualities I've discovered through faith in both Jesus and Mary, and that is they're humble before truth and uh, so for example the truth for example when i go to confession can be somewhat uh not very flattering and a lot of times we hide this truth from one another because we might be made fun of or people will put us down or maybe we'll be judged or or you know someone might even get so mean and put you out on facebook or something like that to shame you and all that's kind of proud, it's it's presiding over someone in their weakness and putting them down, whereas you get none of that in Christ. He's humble before the truth, which means he's not not approaching us, shaming us ever, putting us down ever, uh, or wagging his finger at us. Uh, and, And this is true of the Blessed Mother as well, because they're humble before the truth. And that that includes the truth of ourselves and and we really have nothing to fear as a result of that but see then we can learn from their humility and how they treat us and hopefully we can go out and treat others the same way and not sort of begin to try to position ourselves to get into a place where we can put them down if we know their weakness or whatever gossip about them when they have a weakness or you see what i mean uh, I think that was a big part of the whole life of Francis as well. Is he learned in this school of humility and poverty from Mary and Jesus
9: and Joseph? Right. Right. Father Dan Petit with us, Franciscan friar reflecting on St. Francis and our our Blessed Mother, Lady Poverty and these beautiful virtues. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about prayers and special recognition. I think about all the Franciscans throughout history of the Franciscan community that have written about Mary, have had prayers about Mary. Uh, You mentioned Bonaventure. I mean, the list goes on and on that the spirituality really ties into how you live your lives as Franciscans to how our Blessed Mother approached her life really from the very beginning of her life. And we're coming up to a break. So I want to take a quick break, Father Dan, and come back and just talk a little bit about Franciscan spirituality and some of the ways we praise the Lord and really honor the Blessed Mother that came from St. Francis and the community. So will you hold on and we'll continue our conversation after the break?
7: Sure thing. I'll be glad to do that. Thank you.
1: And it is seven twenty-four at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the morning blend on this last day of May. And you told me this was the Beast
2: feast of the Visitation. Of the
1: Visitation. So we were going over all. Of, you call them the, uh,
2: Shen the days. Shuns.
1: The Assumption the visitation. What was the other one? We
2: have apparitions.
1: Apparitions. So uh, (laughs) anyway, it's it's one of those days today. So uh, anyway, learn more all about what we've got going on, certainly on our website, Hail Mary Media app. It's free and at MatardayRadio.com.
5: Support for Matarday Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist.
2: Holy Family Catholic Clinic is looking for a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, psychologist, or licensed clinical social worker who is passionate about their mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to info at holyfamilyclinic.com.
1: Hi, everyone. This is David from Monterey Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Monterey Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you
0: soon. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The morning blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio.
1: And it is seven twenty-seven at Mater Day Radio. Uh, keeping a wildfire near Venita in check. We'll have the details in the news.
2: And a new archdiocese has been formed, pulling from the archdiocese. San Francisco. I'll tell you where this is happening coming up in three minutes. Here is Dan Francis and no other name. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: is Dan Francis and no other name. It is 730 at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: And in your news, Pope Francis created a new ecclesiastical province in the United States on Tuesday by elevating Las Vegas. To a Metropolitan Archdiocese. The Vatican announced on May 30th that Bishop George Leo Thomas will be the first Metropolitan Archbishop of Las Vegas. Thomas has served as the Bishop of Las Vegas since 2018. The new ecclesiastical province of Las Vegas will include the Suffragan Diocese of Reno and Salt Lake City. The Archdiocese of Las Vegas has a total population of 2.3 million people, of whom 620,000 are Catholic, according to the U.S. Bishops' Conference. Now, formally, the Diocese of Las Vegas, Reno, and Salt Lake City were all suffragan dioceses of the ecclesiastical province of the Metropolitan Archdiocese of San Francisco. Really? So they were, yes, yeah, so San Francisco was the archdiocese, right? and then they were kind of, uh, although of their own kind of under that umbrella now those are all separate all under the umbrella of las vegas
1: Well, fire crews continue to work to keep a 300-acre blaze west of Eugene from spreading. And as of Tuesday morning, the fire perimeter remained intact. Investigators still assessing the cause of the fire, dubbed the 7K fire, according to the Oregon Department of Forestry. 7K fire appeared Friday afternoon 12 miles southwest of Veneta and 15 miles west of Eugene in Lane County. Wind and steep terrain spurred the fire's growth. Now, most of the flames are on privately owned land, but several scorched acres are federally owned. Windy conditions kept the fire active until about midnight Tuesday. Fire activity stalled as conditions improved, allowing crews to subdue flames around the perimeter. Now, a steep portion at the east side of the fire has been difficult to reach. The fire department said cool temperatures are predicted to keep the fire under control, Around 300 firefighters are battling the blaze.
2: Well, as we are talking about fires, Portland Fire and Rescue responded to an office building fire on Southwest Barber early Wednesday morning. This morning, the first call came in around 3.30 a.m. Now, a fire chief reported the fire was heavy throughout the entire width of the two-story building, and crews on the scene fought the fire with defensive tactics, including aerial master streams. Now, by 3.30 a.m., the roof was reported to have collapsed with much of it completely burning away. And by 4.10 a.m., it was reported much of the fire had been eliminated. No injuries have been reported.
1: Well, there continues to be more sightings of black bears or one bear. Nobody really knows at this point in Portland's expansive Forest Park. As of late last week, residents had reported six black bear sightings Within eight days, according to Ben Kate with the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, the bear was first spotted May 17th sniffing around trash and a beehive off of BPA Road, a trail in the northern part of Forest Park near Skyline Boulevard. He says the bear is a medium-sized adult and has a fondness for garbage. Adding, at this time of year when bears come out of hibernation that they are hungry and looking for food, people's garbage, easy prey. Mm-hmm. person reported seeing a bear Monday off McNamee Road, about two miles north of Forest Park. Two days later, a bear was spotted several miles north digging through trash on private property on Northwest Lodgy Trail Road, according to Kate. So, uh, you know, if you live in that area, you probably want to keep your trash uh, in containers and... Uh,
2: bear may just yeah, be Yeah, I don't they're they're pretty strong. They yeah. can get into a whole lot of different kinds mm-hmm. of containers. Uh wow. That's that's bears going to find himself yeah. a one-way trip to another part of the state.
1: And they like beehives.
2: And of course they do. Yeah, exactly. One man is dead after a confrontation with police ended in a shooting at the Safeway parking lot in Vancouver Tuesday evening at around 5:30 p.m. A detective with the Vancouver Police Department spotted a person driving on East Mill Plain Boulevard Police recognized the, su- the person as a suspect wanted for multiple armed robberies, according to a statement from police. The detectives reported seeing the suspect park and enter the Safeway at East Millplain Boulevard in North Andreessen Road. Minutes later, as the suspect left the Safeway and spotted officers, police said he dropped a bag of items, displayed a gun and ran west through the parking lot. According to Vancouver police, the suspect fired at responding officers and three Vancouver police detectives and one Clark County Sheriff de- deputy returned fire. The suspect was shot and medical aid was provided, but he was later pronounced dead at the scene. No officers were injured. Now, the shopping center on the corner of Andreessen and Millplain, just about two blocks from St. Joseph's Catholic Church, mm-hmm. three Vancouver police officers and Clark County deputy involved have been placed on critical incident leave.
1: And in sports, the NBA Finals get underway tomorrow night in Denver as the Nuggets host the Miami Heat in the best-of-seven championship. Nuggets have just kind of been resting on their laurels after sweeping the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Meanwhile, the Eastern Conference Finals, much more dramatic with Miami jumping out to a 3-0 lead, only to watch the Boston Celtics come storming back to tie it at 3. But it was the Heat winning the deciding seventh game. Monday night on the Celtics' home floor. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think when when the Celtics tied it at three, sending it back to Boston, I think everybody thought Boston. Boston just do had
2: it. the momentum and home court advantage, yeah. but wow!
1: So no team has ever come back from four or from three to nothing, and they still
2: haven't. They still haven't yet. Yeah. Wow! How exciting! Mm-hmm. Well, St. Luke narrates in his gospel how the Virgin Mary, after receiving news about her cousin's remarkable conception in her older age, it said she arose and went with haste into the hill country to a city of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Now, it is traditional to believe that Mary received the message of Elizabeth's pregnancy while residing at her home in Nazareth. Elizabeth was living in Ein. Kareem at the time. Now, the distance between the two villages is roughly 100 miles in Kareem is on the outskirts of Jerusalem is about 2474 feet above sea level, while Nazareth 1138 feet. So this means Mary had to trek uphill nearly 1300 feet in elevation. Now, beside the physical toll it must have taken on the newly pregnant Virgin Mary, the path she took had many hidden dangers. dangers. Now, the dirt path that wound through the mountain region is believed to have been a popular place for bandits who would surprise unsuspecting travelers. Now, Philip Kozlowski writes for Alatea and reminds us that the good news is well, the Virgin Mary was likely not alone. While the gospel only mentions Mary, it makes sense that Joseph would have ensured the safety of his betrothed. And according to writer J.A. Lowart, uh, most likely, he said, was Joseph who arranged the trip looking for a caravan in which the Blessed Virgin could safely travel. He himself may have accompanied her at least as far as Jerusalem. Some commentators even think he went with Mary right to Ain Karim, which is only five miles from the capital. Now, the visitation presented many risks to Mary, yet she trusted that God would protect her and allow her to assist her aging couple Uh, cousin. It is beautiful mystery, one that only deepens when you learn about the geography and the obstacles Mary had to overcome to visit Elizabeth.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: And coming up this Thursday at 5 o'clock is Theater of the Saints by Chesterton Academy of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati happening at Aquinas Hall in Holy Rosary Parish. Join the students of Chesterton Academy for a showcase of dramatic scenes from the lives of the saints. Now The performance is suitable for all children, but it might be a little bit over an hour for them to sit still. Refreshments will follow. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, in the Hail Mary media app.
1: And Dina Marine, Father Dan, continue their conversation on Mary and St. Francis right after the forecast.
10: Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Matoday Radio or anytime on matodayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app.
2: 7:41 here at Mater Day Radio. We got a couple of very mild days ahead before we begin to warm up again. So today, expect a mix of sun and clouds, and that's going to keep highs today right around 68 degrees. Overnight, we're going to cool to the mid-40s, then Thursday back to the low 70s. Again, sun and clouds in between. By Friday, we're full Sundays, and as we get into the weekend, 80 degrees. So All right. it's going to be warming up. hmm
1: Currently, 46 degrees at St. Jude Church in Eugene.
2: And it is 49 degrees at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church in Lake Oswego. Good morning. This is Dina Marie, and I'm continuing my
9: conversation with Father Dan Petit. We've been talking during this month of May about our Blessed Mother, Mary, and St. Francis, and how really our Blessed Mother is such the guide and the pillar for St. Francis in beginning his own community and in his own spirituality. Father Dan, thanks for coming back with me today.
7: Oh, You're welcome. Good to be with you.
9: I think one of the things I love about St. Francis, I know one of the things I love about St. Francis is his prayer life. And we get to see much of that prayers that have been written. Uh, and I think, wow, aren't we grateful that we have the written word from St. Francis and the early friars. Give us a sense of some of the ways he would pray and honor the blessed mother
7: well certainly um you know the the uh, devotion to mary was strong because he understood her as exemplary uh an exemplary guide to jesus uh he really did uh, as he was very conscious that jesus was brought up by joseph and mary and uh and learned from them um he was very conscious of the fact that Mary's virtues became the source of Jesus in as a young boy learning virtue. Um, and so he went to the school of Mary to learn the virtues proper to becoming um, an adopted son of God you know the way the Son of God had learned from the at the, at the hand at the knee of Mary as well. so for example we have a, a beautiful um, salutation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, in which St. Francis articulates some of these beautiful virtues of Mary. And that, that particular salutation that Francis wrote is related to another one that he wrote that is called the salutation of the virtues, where he personalizes the virtues. And that kind of tells us that uh, Francis saw Mary as fulfilling all the virtues that we need to learn in order to draw closer to Christ. And uh, because that's what we need to cultivate. We actually have to work at these things to cultivate them, like learning to ride a bike or something. Well, that's what Francis did. He wrote these beautiful prayers that put into relief and let us see the virtues of Mary so we could learn from her.
9: So give us a sense, Father Dan, of just starting to cultivate these virtues, and using some of the inspiration from St. Francis to help us do that?
7: Well, I think one of the things that's very clear, um, Francis understood Mary to be the spouse of the Holy Spirit, which is exemplary for every Catholic and baptized person, because we all in baptism receive the Holy Spirit as well. But how many of us neglect this most intimate spouse of our souls, the Holy Spirit. And so for Francis, Mary was full of grace and the Holy Spirit, and so are we by our baptism. But Mary becomes an example of living in step with the Holy Spirit and in obedience to the Holy Spirit in her life, such that she became such a singular uh, vessel of devotion to teach us all how to grow in holiness. And so uh, at, at one point in this prayer of salutation, Francis says, just in honoring Mary, he says, hail his palace, his being Jesus, hail his tabernacle, He's she's a dwelling place of Jesus, hail his dwelling, hail his robe, hail his servant, hail his mother i mean these are these are just incredible ways that francis sought to uh, exalt the blessed mother as this uh, vessel of devotion and the source of her devotion was the holy spirit alive in her and she was so alive to the holy spirit that that's what francis sought to encourage all of his brothers to follow that example of mary to just keep that spirit of devotion, the Holy Spirit alive within you, and don't neglect this close companion in your
9: life. Right, right. And recognizing Father Dan, Mary's that to Jesus through Mary, Mary guides us. She's the one that's going to hold our hand and really bring us closer to Jesus. She doesn't block the relationship, but she is there to guide us even closer. I think some people may not understand why we have such a devotion to the Blessed Mother, and it is to honor our Lord, it is to honor his mother, and she will help us along the way. You know, how did Francis really reflect that in um, maybe, I don't know if any of his friars would challenge him on this, but just to really show the, the queenship. I think that queenship of Mary, we don't understand queens today as much as Francis would have really had an idea of royalty in his own day in his life.
7: Well, yes, in fact, he does at the beginning of the salutation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. He begins it this way, says, Hail, O lady, holy queen, Mary, holy mother of God. Uh, You know, he refers to her as queen and he'll often refer to her as well as his queen you know you're my queen as well and 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 that's right i mean mary we might say magnifies the lord so blind people can see her Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, our sight has been dimmed to to the divinity of god the divinity of christ and what mary does is put a magnifying glass on him so we can see better. You know, it's kind of almost like corrective lenses. If you have to wear glasses, you know, the Blessed Mother, she doesn't block you. She actually leads you to him by helping you see more clearly. And, of course, um, for Francis, and especially the Franciscan tradition as a whole, for that reason, Mary is viewed as the guardian of orthodoxy and right faith uh it's very difficult if you're in in league with mary and in de- and have a devotion to mary to fall into heresy or wrong teaching because it's so clear and in view uh the the water is just so transparent you can
9: see mm mm-hmm. mhm and Father Dan, talking about that, just the spirituality of the Franciscan community, special feast days, just in in your day to day life today, um, how our Blessed Mother really continues to keep keep holy that 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 vocation, but particularly throughout the Franciscan spirituality.
7: Yeah, well, you know the the Rosary, of course, that we all are familiar with in the Church is technically the Dominican rosary the rosary given to saint dominic now we also in the franciscan tradition have a franciscan yes. crown we call it
1: mm-hmm.
7: and it is uh it's a franciscan crown of seven joys of mary which has the five that you would find on the dominican rosary with the two additional mysteries that are all considered to be Um, And it's called a crown because by way of this prayer, we're crowning Mary with these roses, you know, the rosary. That's the whole idea. Every Hail Mary is endowing Our Lady with a rose. That's how it's viewed in the Franciscan tradition. We view it this way. We're uh, bringing her flowers like we do in the month of May. Well, when you pray the rosary, the Franciscan would understand that what we're doing is offering Mary just a whole bouquet of flowers that are pleasing, and and we give them to her, and uh, we honor her, and um, and we come with our petitions at the same time. So, the the, the spirituality in the Franciscan tradition is um, intimately linked to Mary because it is our way to um, Jesus. It's our way to staying focused on Christ, and that's. That's a central hallmark of of Franciscan spirituality is the centrality of Christ. Well, we learned that from Mary. She was totally focused on Jesus.
9: Absolutely. And for our listeners here in the Portland area, you can go to Our Lady of Peace retreat house. I know they pray that Franciscan rosary. So if you want to learn that, talk to our sisters at Our Lady of Peace. I know they would love to teach you that Franciscan rosary and what a great (laughs) month, right? If you maybe haven't been in the practice of praying the rosary, I think the month of May is a wonderful way to get started, get back into that routine of just having that beautiful meditation of Our Lady. And think of St. Francis and St. Claire praying with you. And, you know, we're all I love you saying we're in the school of Mary and Mary teaches us who else better to teach us about her son.
7: Well, every time you take up the rosary, you're placing your hands in the hands of Mary and opening your ears and opening your heart to the lessons she has to teach you. And what does she talk about? She talks about her son. That's what the mysteries of the rosary are. And she instructs us in her son. That's the school of Mary. The rosary is the school of Mary. And, um, and boy, what better person to learn about Jesus from? than this woman who was with him so closely from the moment of his conception you know it's it's an amazing uh amazing that we have this gift in the church uh where we actually place our hands in the into the hands of mary as we're praying the rosary and and look into her eyes and listen to her What what is she telling us about the you know the joys of that she experienced with her son the sorrows she experienced with her son the glory she experienced with her son uh, and then of course the the light on the face of christ at the the transfiguration and the luminous mysteries i mean these are all such beautiful ways that uh, we can learn about christ by sitting at the feet of mary and allowing her to instruct us
9: Very true. Very true. Saint Francis and the Blessed Virgin Mary, beautiful to contemplate and to pray and hopefully increase your own devotional life during this month of May. Father Dan, I want to thank you once again for joining us, spending a little bit of time opening up the Franciscan community to all of our listeners. And with that, I'd love to ask you to help close this time in prayer and your blessing.
7: Sure thing. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for such a singular vessel of devotion in the Blessed Virgin Mary, so holy and transparent to your son Jesus in magnifying him for us to see. And we thank you also for her beloved and most chaste spouse, St. Joseph, on this day of the Holy Worker. We ask their intercession and the prayers of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph upon us now, and their blessing, And may the blessed mighty God descend upon us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
9: Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed month of
2: May.
7: Thank you. And you too. And uh, happy Easter.
2: And it is 7.54 here at Mater Day Radio. Of course, our good friend Dina Marie on that interview there. Now, you can catch Dina Marie's other shows, her Faith the Moments, and, of course, the show he, she hosts with our Archbishop Alexander Sample, Voice of the Shepherd. You can find those shows if you missed them on the air. We'll head over to our webpage. They are made into podcasts. You can catch Voice of the Shepherd under the programming page. And also, Faith Moments is a standalone podcast. Podcast Dina Marie records for all of our listeners. You can also find the that at MatradayRadio.com and access it both on the Hail Mary Media app.
11: Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at blanchethouse.org.
0: Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio. KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K two three five BF Eugene,
5: and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist.
0: It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: 757 at Mater Day Radio. And the state of Oregon is a little shorthanded. We'll explain in the news.
2: And Pope Francis spends his entire Wednesday audience talking about a Jesuit missionary. His time spent in China. I'll tell you who that is coming up right after Awaken the Saint.
11: Hey everyone, I'm Ethan with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Today we celebrate the feast of Camilla Battista da Verano, a prolific writer and the recipient of powerful visions. Camilla was born in Italy in 1458. Her father was the Duke of Camerino, and she enjoyed a comfortable childhood and an excellent education in many different subjects. At the age of 10, she encountered a group of friars whose preaching left a lasting impression on her. While the days of her youth were still filled with courtly activities like music, dancing, and games, she dedicated one day each week to her faith. She would go before the crucifix to read meditations on the Passion of Christ and fasted regularly. When she came of age, her father wanted her to marry, but she was strongly opposed to the idea. Her father was angered by her disobedience and tried everything he could to think of to get her to cooperate. He even tried locking her up. Camila bore all of this mistreatment and did not falter. It was actually in the midst of her suffering that she felt closest to God and experienced a powerful conversion. Within three years, Camila's father had worn himself out trying to change her mind. In fact, in observing how pious she had become, he started to worry that pushing her further would bring the wrath of God upon him. He gave her leave to do as she wished, and she became a nun. She was 23 years old when she entered the monastery of the poor Clares at Urbino and adopted the name Battista. As a nun, she began to experience many powerful visions, some of which lasted for days or weeks at a time. She first saw St. Clair, the foundress of the order, and then later received a glimpse of God's love. This second vision left her feeling so unworthy that she thought she was fit only to remain prostrate at Christ's feet. Her faith intensified in a dramatic way and she began to produce written works. She wrote a meditation on the many sorrows of Christ during his passion, as well as an autobiography called Spiritual Life, which took the form of a letter to the preacher who had first inspired her. In the meantime, her father did a 180. With his wealth, he first purchased a rundown monastery at Camerino and, with some difficulty, convinced her to move the so she could be closer to the family. Some years later, when she became an abbess, he had an entirely new monastery built and gave it to her. However, unforeseen political strife resulted in the deaths of her father and brothers in 1501, and Camilla was forced to flee Camerino. She took refuge in Naples and had to wait two years before she could return home. She returned to her work, founding a monastery at the behest of the Pope and training nuns who wished to adopt the rule of St. Clair. She produced her last written work, Treaties of the Purity of the Heart, in 1521, and died three years later in her monastery. It is tempting to lash out at people when they become angry at us, but fighting fire with fire seldom changes anyone's mind. It takes a long time and a lot of continued effort, but resisting passively and demonstrating continued virtue like Camila did can be a very strong argument. St. Camila Battista de Verano, hooray for us.
1: And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Monterey Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at MontredayRadio.com. It's 801.
2: And in your news, Pope Francis dedicated his entire general audience on Wednesday to sharing the life of Venerable Matteo Ricci, a 16th century Jesuit missionary in China. Now, the Pope who has mentioned China at every Wednesday audience in the past three weeks praised Ricci's missionary spirit in witnessing to the gospel in the heart of the imperial city of Beijing. Matteo Ricci died in Beijing in 1610 at the age of 57, a man who gave his entire life for the mission, Pope Francis said in St. Peter's Square earlier today. Ricky is known for introducing Christianity to China's imperial Ming dynasty. By studying the language and adopting the local clothes and customs, the Jesuit priests gained access to the interior parts of the country that had been closed to outsiders. Pope Francis described how Riki engaged in dialogue with Chinese scholars, sharing mathematical and astronomical knowledge that contributed to a fruitful encounter between the culture and science of the West and East.
1: Well, if you're looking for work, you may want to check with the state of Oregon. According to an analysis by Oregon's largest state employee union, nearly a fifth of jobs within Oregon state agencies were vacant as of April. An Oregon Live story reports that the Service Employees International Union, Local 503, found that over 8,600 permanent state jobs were vacant last month, raising concerns about the state's ability to deliver essential services to Oregonians. The union highlighted retention as a major problem as well, noting that a quarter of its members who were employed by the state in January 2022 had left their jobs by the end of the year. The Oregon Youth Authority saw the among the highest rates of employee turnover in 2022. union is in the process of negotiating a new contract with the state.
2: The body of Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster, an African-American nun whose surprisingly intact remains have created a bit of a sensation at a remote Missouri abbey, was placed inside a glass display case Monday after a solemn procession led by members of the community she founded. About a dozen of religious sisters of the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Angels, carried their foundress on a platform around the property of the Abbey of Our Lady of Ephesus, reciting the rosary and singing hymns. Some of the thousands of pilgrims who visited the Abbey over the three-day memorial weekend followed behind. The procession in late afternoon sunshine culminated inside the abbey's church where the nun's body was placed into a specially made glass case. Sister Wilhelmina, who founded the Benedictine order in 1995 when she was 70 years old, died in 2019. Now expecting to find only bones, her fellow sisters exhumed her remains on May 18th, intending to reinter them in a newly completed St. Joseph shrine only to discover that her body appeared astonishingly well-preserved. Now, there has been no official declaration that Sister Wilhelmina's remains are incorrupt, a possible sign of sanctity, nor is there a formal cause underway for her canonization, a rigorous process that can take many years. The local ordinary, Bishop Van Johnston of the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, has said that a thorough investigation is needed.
1: Uh, Some sad news, particularly for Celine Dion fans. The Canadian singer announced the cancellation of her Courage World Tour dates through 2024, and a source told CNN she may never tour again. Although Dion said in a social media post, I'm so sorry to disappoint all of you once again. I'm working really hard to build back my strength, but touring can be very difficult even when you're 100%. It's not fair to you to keep postponing the shows. And even though it breaks my heart, it's best that we can cancel everything now until I'm really ready to be back on stage again. I want you all to know I'm not giving up and I can't wait to see you again. So Dion postponed several shows in December after she announced she had been diagnosed with stiff person syndrome, a disorder that affects the nervous system, specifically the brain and spinal cord. Oh. Yeah, she's well, really struggled, I know.
2: Yeah, I've I've noticed pictures she did not look as healthy as she had in the past, so prayers for a full recovery mm-hmm. for her. Well, the driver of the semi-truck involved in a fatal crash on Interstate 5 in Oregon earlier this month that left seven farm workers dead has been indicted on charges of manslaughter, according to court documents. A grand jury in Marion County on Tuesday indicted Lincoln Smith, a 52-year-old truck driver from California on 12 counts, including seven charges of manslaughter, reckless driving, and driving under the influence of intoxicants. His court-appointed defense attorney Tiffany Humphrey said she could not comment on the open case. Marion County District Attorney Office, which filed the charges against Smith, said it won't comment on the case until it's concluded. On May 18th, seven people died and four more were injured when Smith's semi-truck ran off I-5 and slammed into their van as it was parked on the roadside near Albany. The van was carrying 11 agricultural laborers who were heading home after laboring in the harvest, the state's farm workers said. And a fund set up for the family of the farm workers has raised nearly $82,000.
1: And in sports, the Oregon State High School baseball and softball finals are set for this weekend. In the 6A baseball title game, Jesuit will take on Wes Lynn. Game will be played at Volcano Stadium in Kaiser Saturday at noon. Contest will be followed by the 2A-1A championship with Blanchett Catholic facing Kennedy at approximately 3.30. 6A Girls Softball Championship game will be played at Jane Sanders Stadium in Eugene on Saturday with Oregon City meeting Sheldon. That's a 3 o'clock game. And the Baseball Softball Championships will wrap up the spring sports season for the school year.
2: Well, after the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she would conceive and carry the Savior of the world in her womb, Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And their visit is what the Catholic Church celebrates today as the Feast of the Visitation. Now, here are a few facts about today's celebration. St. Bonaventure recommended the celebration of the feast. In 1283, the Feast of the Visitation finds its origin in the medieval church. The Order of Friars Minor observed the feast before St. Bonaventure recommended the celebration for the entire church. Now, the Visitation cleansed St. John the Baptist from original sin. The Catholic Encyclopedia says this, As the presence of any sin is incompatible with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the soul, it follows that at this moment, John was cleansed from the stain of original sin and two prayers find their roots in the visitation. When Elizabeth greets Mary, she calls out to her the words that have become the most well-known Marian prayer, the Hail Mary. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, she said. And after Elizabeth says that Mary is the mother of God, Mary responds with the words of the Magnificat, which is now an important part of evening prayer.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: And this Saturday, beginning at 11 a.m., is Ordination to the Priesthood for the Archdiocese of Portland happening at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. The Archdiocese invites all to the priestly ordination of Deacon Anthony Hogfan, Deacon Matthew Knight, and Deacon Efren Razzo. A reception will follow the Mass. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Just head over to our community calendar, MaterDayRadio.com, and the Hail Mary Media App. And
1: we have a homily highlight coming up with Monsignor O'Connor. It's right after the forecast.
8: Join Mater Dei Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of
4: the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father,
8: and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit Maturadayradio.com.
11: Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland Chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in Witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org.
8: May is the month of Mary. Celebrate our Blessed Mother by praying more with Matreday Radio. Our powerful prayer team is waiting to hear from you so they can unite your intentions to our Lady. Go now to the prayer page at montredayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app or call our prayer hotline directly. That's 503-285-3737. Or tap the Hail Mary Media app and matradayradio.com. Let us pray for you. Throughout the month of May, Matraday Radio also honors our Blessed Mother with a series of insightful Marian Reflections, her sacred mysteries that take us directly to Christ in the Holy Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and Mater Day Radio's three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass. May is the month of Mary, and it's a special time for more prayer at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 813,
1: Mater Day Radio, nice day today, mostly sunny skies after some morning clouds, high of 68 degrees, increasing clouds overnight tonight, low of 46, and then for Thursday, mostly sunny, high of 73, up to 76 by Friday, sunny skies.
2: Currently, it is 50 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church up in Longview, Washington.
0: And
1: 52 degrees at Sacred Heart St. Louis Parish in Jervis.
0: Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio.
2: And today's homily highlight comes from our good friend Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, the Rector at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception.
12: Today we celebrate the uh, Solemnity of Pentecost. This is the completion of the salvific work of our Lord Jesus Christ, with the beginning of the Church. It's the Church's birthday today. And today we commemorate the coming of the Holy Spirit in this feast that is very dear to us. And to a certain extent, this is a feast that binds all things together, and it binds us all together as a Church. St. Leo the Great says about today that the hearts of all Catholics realize that today's solemnity is to be honored as one of the chief feasts and there is no doubt concerning the great respect due to this day which the Holy Spirit has hallowed by the miracle of his most excellent gift. Today's feast ranks one of the highest solemnities and throughout the history of the church Pentecost really is the sort of third most, not most important, but the, the, the one of the great three which are Christmas, Easter and Pentecost. And often we forget that because we have a lot of emphasis on Christmas because of all the things that have grown up around that over the years and certainly Easter because it is the mystery of our salvation, the resurrection. But throughout our church's history, Pentecost was uh, equal, if you like, to those two other great feasts. Because if you remember, the Apostles would have been uh, celebrating Pentecost right from the very beginning. It was the day that they were empowered to go out and preach the Gospel. It was the day that the Holy Spirit came upon them and gave them the strength to go out. So it's something that would have been very uh, much in their mind. To show you the importance of Pentecost in the life of the church, you hear that beautiful sequence that was sung before the Alleluia verse. There are many sequences in the church on various feasts and uh, events. Uh, I think there are nine in total. The Stab of Martyr is sung on Feasts of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Dies Irae, which is sung at uh, the uh, funerals and All Souls Day and things like this. All of those sequences are optional. They can be used or they can't be used, it's up to uh, the priest. However, there are only two days when it's not optional, it's compulsory, which is Easter and Pentecost. This sequence must be said or sung at all the masses today. So it gives you an idea how special this feast is. Also, up until recently, until 1970, the changes after the Second Vatican Council, there were three seasons that had an octave. There was an octave of Christmas, an octave of Easter, and an octave of Pentecost. That means all the next eight days from that feast are celebrated as feasts themselves, and the Gloria is said or sung on every day. Again, it gives you a sign of the importance of the feast in the history of the Church. In 1970, we had a new calendar come out and the octave of pentecost was dropped from the new calendar and a lot of people didn't like the fact that it was dropped but it was and then there's a great story that on the monday after pentecost it became the monday of ordinary time and the green vestments were worn and the story goes that paul VI, who was pope at this time came to his chapel on the monday after pentecost and the sacristan had laid out green vestments And he said, oh, no, there's a mistake here. This is red vestments. It's the octave of Pentecost. And the sacrament said, no, it's not Holy Father. It's the Monday of ordinary time. And he said, there is no octave of Pentecost anymore. And the Pope said, who did this? And she said, you did Holy Father. And he was really annoyed. But it had slipped through anyway. But uh, that's the story of Pentecost. So it gives you an idea how important this is and how it has been through the history of the church uh, from the beginning because it is the church's birthday, it is the pouring of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on his church. And that's a very important thing. So obviously our mind is drawn to the Holy Spirit on a day like today, because we read about the events of uh, the Holy Spirit being given to the church. Um, Pope Benedict XVI gave a homily a few years ago and he said the Holy Spirit has been in some ways neglected, in some ways the neglected person of the blessed Trinity. And he then he relates this story of when he was a young priest and a professor in Germany. He didn't understand the Holy Spirit and he didn't have a devotion to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was neglected in his life as a young priest. And he says in the life of the church also, you know, we don't pray to the Holy Spirit enough. We don't invoke the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. The Father begets the Son and this relationship of love between them is what we call the Holy Spirit. And we should, he says, invoke the Holy Spirit more. We don't have to be you know, members of the charismatic renewal to allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide and teach us. So again, he says the unknown, sometimes the great unknown of the Holy Spirit needs to become the great known. There's a part in the Acts of the Apostles, you may remember, where Paul goes to, it's in Romans, he goes to Ephesus to meet with the local church there. And he asks them, he says, when, uh, he said, when you became believers, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they reply to him, we've never heard of the Holy Spirit. It's a very interesting part of the, uh, of the Scripture, that the people that were becoming believers in Jesus Christ didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it could be said that it's true today. You know, a lot of us, you know, concentrate our prayer on the Lord Himself, Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps on God the Father. But very few of us spend that time invoking the Holy Spirit, the love between the Father and the Son, to be with us. And it's an important thing to do. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to pray as well. And obviously we know that it's important for us to pray. But there's another part of the um, the scripture, in St. Paul as well, and he talks about the, we do not know how to pray. And it says, we do not know as how to pray as we ought to, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. And what he's saying there is that, you know, we've all had this experience, I'm sure, that when we come to pray, we sort of like, we don't know what to, we don't know what to say, uh, we get distracted, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult, we don't feel any consolation, all these sort of things. The Church Fathers, has always said, it is perseverance in prayer that is the key to it all. It's putting the time in. And if we understand this from St. Paul, we'll never really know what we ought to say. But we should let the Holy Spirit work in us. He will give us the words. He will give us that communion with the Father and the Son as well. This very lack of words, this absence of words, is not important. It is the desire to pray. And it is the desire that the Holy Spirit will work within us in that prayer. It's sort of his job, really. We cooperate with him. But the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us this this ability to to pray as we ought. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us that desire as well. So the Holy Spirit is almost an interpreter who makes God and ourselves understand each other. That's very important to do. And as I say, you know, with the prayer, with prayer life, it's about putting the time in. It's about being there in conversation with God, in the presence of God as well. And one final thought about today's Feast and the Holy Spirit is that, you know, we read in the uh, Church Fathers about the Holy Eucharist being another Pentecost. Sometimes the Mass is described as another Pentecost. Why is that? Well, because we invoke the Holy Spirit, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that allows the priest to utter those words of consecration and that by which the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that is invoked upon the altar, upon those gifts. Um, And to to give you this example of it, at all the masses in every Eucharistic prayer, whichever one we use, you'll notice that the priest puts his hand over the gifts shortly after the offertory. That is called the epiclesis in Greek. That is a, a, a part of the liturgical action in whereby, if you listen to the words, sometimes the words are a little bit more veiled than others. It changes from Eucharistic prayer. But basically, that is when the priest invokes the Holy Spirit that these elements of bread and wine would become the body and blood of your only begotten Son. So that's why we ring the bell at that time. It's a reminder that they were coming to the most important part of the Mass, which is the consecration. And now the priest invokes the Holy Spirit. So again, that point where, you know, we recognize that at Mass, when we come to Mass, we're experiencing another Pentecost because the Holy Spirit comes down upon his church, just as he did on this day, on the apostles in an upper room. And we know now that we have the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's a very comforting thing as we refer to the Holy Spirit as the comforter, that the Lord gives us the Holy Spirit to give us strength in prayer, to give us strength in witness to the Gospel. And remember, the Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. It is all about that love.
2: And that is today's homily highlight from Monsignor Gerard O'Connor Rector at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. Of course, that homily will be made into a podcast. You can access it on our free Hail Mary media app, along with many prayers and reflections and, well, just really great Catholic resources for this time of year. Again, you can download it for free, the Hail Mary media app. You can also find information at Mater Day Radio,
5: That's 503-252-1722.
6: There's power in hope, and Jesus is love's answer to our hope. I'm Alex Nelson, Stewardship and Development Officer for the Archdiocese of Portland, inviting you to join us in bringing the good news of the hope and love of Jesus to the world through the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal. There are nearly 400,000 Catholics in the Archdiocese, and the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal is critical to supporting those who need us, those who depend on us. For this generation and those to come, you have the power to help transform lives. One single generous moment can make all the difference. Please prayerfully support the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal this year. Learn more about how your gift will help bring the love and hope of Jesus Christ to Western Oregon. Visit JesusChangesEverything.Church to discover more about the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal. That's JesusChangesEverything.Church.
2: Matri Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com.
13: I am Father Cedric Bizania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live with Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion.
0: They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Modern Day Radio.
1: And it is eight twenty-seven at Mater Day Radio, and more bear sightings in Forest Park. We'll have a story for you in the news.
2: And Pope Francis creates a new archdiocese, but will it change the visitor's experience when they come to Sin City? I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here is Francesca Battistista. He knows my name, and we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
1: That is Francesca Battistelli, and he knows my name. It's 830 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: And in your news this hour, Pope Francis created a new ecclesiastical province in the United States on Tuesday by elevating Las Vegas to a metropolitan archdiocese. The Vatican announced on May 30th that Bishop George Leo Thompson, Thomas, excuse me, will be the first Metropolitan Archbishop of Las Vegas. Thomas has served as the Bishop of Las Vegas since 2018. Now, the new ecclesiastical province of Las Vegas will include the suffragan diocese of Reno and Salt Lake City. The Archdiocese of Las Vegas has a total population of 2.3 million people, of whom to 620,000 are Catholics, according to the U.S. Bishops' Conference. Now, formerly the Diocese of Las Vegas, Reno, and Salt Lake City were all suffragan dioceses of the ecclesiastical province of the Metropolitan Archdiocese of San Francisco.
1: Fire crews continued to work to keep a 300-acre blaze west of Eugene from spreading as, as Tuesday morning, the fire perimeter remained intact. Investigators still assessing the cause of the fire, dubbed the 7K fire, according to the Oregon Department of Forestry. 7K fire appeared Friday afternoon, 12 miles southwest of Veneta and 15 miles west of Eugene in Lane County, Wind and steep terrain spurred the fire's growth. Now, most of the flames are on privately owned land, but several scorched acres are federally owned. Windy conditions kept the fire active until about midnight Tuesday. Fire activity stalled as conditions improved, allowing crews to subdue flames around the perimeter. A steep portion at the east end of the fire has been difficult to reach. Cool temperatures are predicted to keep the fire under control, Around 300 firefighters are battling that blaze.
2: Well, Portland Fire and Rescue responded to an office building fire on Southwest Barber early this morning. Now, the first call came in around 3.30 a.m. And a fire chief reported the fire was heavy throughout the entire width of the two-story building. And crews on the scene fought the fire with defensive tactics, including aerial master streams. Now, by 3.35, the roof was reported to have collapsed with much of it completely burning away. But by 4.10, it was reported that much of the fire had been eliminated. No injuries have been reported.
1: Well, there continues to be more sightings of a black bear or bears in Portland's expansive Forest Park. As of late last week, residents had reported six black bear sightings within eight days According to Ben Kate with the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, the bear was first spotted May 17th sniffing around trash and a beehive off BPA Road, a trail in the northern part of Forest Park near Skyline Boulevard. He says the bear is a medium-sized adult and has a fondness for garbage, adding it's this time of year when bears come out of hibernation that they are hungry and looking for food and people's garbage, easy prey person reported seeing a bear Monday off McNamee Road about two miles north of Forest Park. Two days later, a bear was spotted several miles north digging through trash on private property on Northwest Lodge Trail Road. So there you go. Bear's still out there looking for garbage, looking for food.
2: Yep. Yogi. Yogi, that's right. You're going to have to find a a, a new home because Mm -hmm. we're not going to let you around people's garbage cans. They find an easy access to food and, boy, they just know what to look for. Mm -hmm. Square bins. That means (laughs) food. That's it. Well, one man is dead after a confrontation with police ended in a shooting at a Safeway parking lot in Vancouver Tuesday evening. At around 5.30 p.m., a detective with the Vancouver Police Department spotted a person driving on East Mill Plain Boulevard. Police recognized the person as a suspect wanted for multiple armed robberies, according to a statement from police. Detectives reported seeing the suspect park and enter the Safeway at East Mill Plain Boulevard and North Andreessen Road. Now, minutes later, as the suspect left the Safeway, and spotted police officers. Police said he dropped a bag of items, displayed a gun, and ran west through the parking lot. According to Vancouver Police, the suspect fired at responding officers and three Vancouver police detectives and one Clark County Sheriff Deputy returned fire. The suspect was shot. Medical aid was provided, but he was later pronounced dead at the scene. No officers were injured, according to the report. Now, This shopping center is on the corner of Andreessen and Mill Plain, just about two blocks north of St. Joseph's Catholic Church. The three Vancouver police officers and Clark County deputy involved have been placed on critical incident leave.
1: In sports, the NBA Finals get underway tomorrow night in Denver as the Nuggets host the Miami Heat in the Best of Seven Championship. Nuggets have been resting on their laurels after sweeping the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Meanwhile, the Eastern Conference Finals is much more dramatic with Miami jumping out to a 3-0 lead, only to watch the Boston Celtics come storming back to tie it at 3-all but it was the heat winning the deciding seventh game monday night on the celtics home floor no team has ever come back after being down 3 to nothing i think boston knew that going yes. into the final game there was a yeah. lot riding
2: of course when you get down to a final game like yeah. that no matter how many wins before it can go either way was that last game that seventh game was that close or uh, uh, no, speak?
1: I, you know, I think Miami won kind of comfortably okay. at the end, but it's hard to beat a team four times in a row. In a row. Yeah. So, yeah. but, so Miami moves on.
2: St. Luke narrates in his gospel how the Virgin Mary, after receiving news about her cousin's remarkable conception in her old age, arose and went with haste into the hill country to a city of Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. It is traditionally believed that Mary received the message of Elizabeth's pregnancy while residing at her home in Nazareth. Elizabeth was living in Ion Kerem at this time, and the distance between the two villages is roughly 100 miles. Ion Karim is on the outskirts of Jerusalem and is about 2,474 feet above sea level, while Nazareth is at 1,138 feet This means Mary had to trek uphill nearly 1,336 feet in elevation. Now, beside the physical toll it must have taken on the newly pregnant Virgin Mary, the path she had taken, and many dangers also. The dirt path that wound through the mountainous region is believed to have been a popular place for bandits who would surprise unsuspecting travelers. Now, Philip Kozlowski writes for Alatea and reminds us the good news is the Virgin Mary was likely not alone. While the gospel only mentions Mary, it makes sense that Joseph would have ensured the safety of his betrothed. Now, according to writer J.A. Lowart, most likely, they said, it was Joseph who arranged the trip looking for a caravan in which the Blessed Virgin Mary could safely travel. He himself may have accompanied her, at least as far as Jerusalem. And some commentators even think he may have gone with Mary right to Aon Karim, which is only about five miles from the capital. And the visitation presents many risks to Mary, yet she trusted that God would protect her and allow her to assist her aging couple. And it is a beautiful mystery, one that only deepens when you learn about the geography and the obstacles Mary had to overcome to visit Elizabeth.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community
2: on june 8th beginning at one o'clock running for exactly 24 hours it is 24 hours of adoration at saint michael's church in portland all are invited to participate in a 24-hour period of holy adoration in preparation for the feast of corpus christi each hour will be prayed for a special intention and some hours will be in silence And some will be with praise and worship. You can find more details on the event website. You can find that information plus many other events. Go to our community calendar. You're going to find it at matardayradio.com and access it also on the Hail Mary Media app.
1: Well, it's not Tuesday; it's Wednesday. But you know what? (gasps) What we're doing Tech Tuesday anyway. So, stay with us right after the forecast
13: The rule of St. Benedict has guided monastic communities for nearly 1,500 years.
10: One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey.
13: Benedictine monks still use the book every day to order our daily lives. So what's the secret to the rule's vitality, moderation, and flexibility? St. Benedict calls it a little rule for beginners. Since we're really all beginners, the rule is as relevant for you as it is for monastic communities. It helps us believe, I can be holy too. The rule is also flexible. St. Benedict makes it clear that everything takes a back seat to the guiding principle of saving souls. In St. Benedict's rule, the goal is holiness.
4: For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com.
13: Remember, holiness is the end point, not the place where most of us start.
1: Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the Spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org.
13: Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
1: And it is 842 at Mater Day Radio. Well, take a look at your forecast today. Going to be a nice day, mostly sunny skies, morning clouds out there. Not going to be overly warm today. We'll have a high of right around 68 degrees. Increasing clouds overnight tonight, low of 48. And then for Thursday, mostly sunny, 73. Friday, 76. Saturday 80, so it keeps Hmm. progressively getting warmer. We get to next week, we could see temperatures in the 90s.
2: Wow, that's that's summertime temperatures for sure. Currently, though, it is 54 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver.
1: And 54 degrees at St. Clair Church in Portland.
2: Well, because of the long weekend and as the additional day that I took off, so we're on a Wednesday now. So Sarah Kenzie is joining us for a Tech Wednesday. She's joining us because we're going to talk a little bit about an email that is coming to inboxes this afternoon. Sarah's joining us uh, just to give us a little bit of a preview of what you are going to find. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Tech Wednesday.
10: Good morning. It's great to see you both.
2: So this is a time of year, and I think it's kind of typical for many dioceses and archdioceses around the country that June is ordination season. And many men present themselves across the country to receive holy orders and Will dedicate their lives to God here in Mater Day Radio. I had an opportunity to talk with young ma- one young man uh, who's known probably on both sides of the uh, Columbia River, going to be uh, ordained for the Archdiocese of Seattle. That's the interview that you've got included in today's email.
10: That's right. Uh, this is such a great interview that you uh, did with Deacon John Paul Tomasi. And um, yeah, he's being ordained, I believe, this Saturday uh, for the Archdiocese of Seattle. And so um, I always like to hear, you know, uh, how various priests found their vocation and and what that process was like. And, uh, for him, he said, you know, his family had a huge influence on him as well as other priests, um, later in life. And, um, it's just a great reminder for us to pray, uh, for him and for, um, all those men being ordained, um, to the priesthood and the diaconate. And, uh, also just, you know, uh, a great a great way to learn about what is really going through someone's mind right before ordination it's all that's always fascinating to me um you know it's such a big step and, and it's just such a powerful sacrament and so it's always great to hear um you know what what they're really going through in these last days of preparation
2: when I had the opportunity to talk with Deacon John Paul, he was sitting at his parents' home. He had a lovely view of the bay, and he was talking to me. He had just come off of a silent retreat, and I think that was kind of part of his preparation. So a lot is going on. Of course, I already talked this morning, too, in our community calendar on Saturday, ordinations here in the Archdiocese of Portland right. coming up also on the Saturday. Uh, Deacon Anthony Hugfan, Deacon Matthew Knight, Deacon Afrin Razzle, they will all be making their priestly uh, ordination on uh, Saturday, too. So what an exciting time. Of course, with Deacon John Paul, and as he said in his interview, his first mass that he will say going to be at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. I happen to know that uh, there will be a couple of deacons uh, that will also be serving. Uh, Of course, the good deacon Scott Aiken will be there. This will be interesting because I know in their preparation, this will be a chanted Mass. Oh, very cool. He will be chanting the Mass and he wanted to make sure that the good wow. deacon had his parts ready to go. So it should be quite a beautiful, beautiful event. And of course, to get the blessings of any newly ordained is a very special blessing that we can impart. Well, today it is not Tech Tuesday. It is a Tech Wednesday. Sarah Kenzie joining us today to talk about today's email from Day Radio coming to your inbox. Well, this afternoon, David always has a great opportunity to talk with Miriam Marston. She is host of Blazing the Trail that you listen to every Wednesday evening. That's tonight. You're going to get to hear Miriam. And, well, her show is going to be highlighted also. Tell us more.
10: That's right. So make sure you tune in tonight for a new episode of Blazing the Trail. But actually, the one I'm highlighting in today's email um, is from a couple weeks ago. But it was just a really powerful episode, uh, really focused on the Beatitudes and how they are our roadmap to holiness. Um, And I think especially for... Some people, myself included, when we get into Ordinary Time, um, it can feel a little bit of a letdown. <laughs> you know, we just have been celebrating Easter and Pentecost, and you know, it's it's so it's just so joyful. And uh, sometimes I get to Ordinary Time, and I think, uh, what do I do now? <laughs> and but really, you know, Ordinary Time um, shouldn't be a time where we relax in our faith. It really should be a time to strengthen our relationship with God and our practice of our Catholic faith. And so, this episode in particular, I think is. Very powerful as Miriam focuses on the Beatitudes. Uh, She gets a little musical help from her sister and her brother in law, which is a beautiful song which ties in with the themes. Uh, So, something a little different there. But then Miriam takes some time to go through each of the Beatitudes and really talk about practical ways to live them out. Um, And also, you know, maybe we might have uh, a difficult time embracing one or two of them, Um, but she kind of works through maybe some of the misconceptions we might have about. What the Beatitudes are. Um, for instance, she talks about, um, Blessed are the meek, and how for a long time she thought that being meek meant to be weak or to be a doormat, but it's really not that at all about how it's really putting your trust in the Lord and being open to his will rather than relying on yourself. So things like that as you kind of work through all of the Beatitudes. And, you know, there's such an important part of our Lord's teaching, and and they were so different from anything that had been heard at the time, and they're still so different from anything we hear in the world today. So um, they're really a great place to start if we want to pursue holiness, especially during this ordinary time.
1: Yeah, I love the Beatitudes. Just you know, when you hear them, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really centering Yes. Prayer yes. when you hear them. And, you know, if you can live by those, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. Hey, You were telling us a couple of days ago now the Hail Mary media app over 2,200 downloads That's now? right. Yeah, yep. yeah nice. Get,
10: still get a little bit more every week. And, yes. yeah, it's exciting to see that keep growing.
1: One of the things you talk about, too, uh, in your email is going to be just the power of prayer and how you can pray with Mater Day Radio.
10: Yes, um, and there's so many ways that you can do that um, on the air through the app. Um, but I wanted to talk specifically about prayer intentions and just remind people how they can send in those particular prayer intentions. Uh, we are always praying for our listeners, um, but we know that you know many people have a very special intention. they'd like to pray for Um, and so you can find that on the hail mary media app in the prayer section Uh, we also have it on our website there's a form there Um, and you can actually uh, see it highlighted right on our main page Uh, you can also call our actual phone number for our prayer hotline Um, that's 503-285-3737 And uh, we actually get, uh, that goes to a special voicemail. Um, And all of these different places are checked by our prayer team. And they are just a wonderful uh, group of prayer warriors and they will be sure to hold those intentions for you. And um, I just wanted to remind people that uh, that we have that available. Uh, even the other day, we uh, we have a couple summer interns, and one of them was making some phone calls and uh, took some prayer intentions uh, mm. while she was doing that. And you know, it's just always part of our ministry. We know that we hear a lot during Shareathon, but uh, just wanted to remind everyone that you can do that all year round.
1: Yeah, and also too, if you have a loved one or a friend who has recently passed away you can call us and leave their name, and then we'll include that on the prayers for the faithfully departed, which I have the honor of announcing those names, which I'm always grateful to be able to do for people. And so that's just another aspect of our prayer lines.
10: Yes, and uh, that's really a beautiful thing, David, that that you're able to do. And um, yeah, there's something very comforting. I think there's been a few times where I've heard the name of someone that I know, and it's just... Like, wow. Okay. Like, it's just a good reminder Mm -hmm. that there's a whole community praying for the, for the soul of that person.
2: Sarah, now remind our listeners, again, if people have that prayer intention, can they access uh, the ability to send us an email through the Hail Mary Media app, or is it important to go to our webpage in order to find that information to send us an email?
10: So y- you could send us an email, but actually there's a there's a form on, on both the app and the website. So um, if you navigate to that, uh, the prayer intention piece of that, um, you can just fill out the form. You don't have to you know, open your Email browser and send us something else. You can if you'd like, if you're not able to do it another way, but um, they have a, actually the easiest way is to send us um, an email, or <laughs> not an email, send us a message through uh, that form we set up, particularly for prayer intentions. Oh,
2: fantastic. Well, you'll also be able to find out more information. Again, go to matraderadio.com, download the free Hail Mary media app, go to your email this afternoon and open up the email from Mater Radio. Sarah Kenzie joining us today. Sarah, thank you so much. It's good to have you on Tuesdays. Well, it's even better to have you on a Wednesday. I'm happy to be here.
5: Thank you. Support for Mater Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722.
13: Please join me, Sister von Borstel, in this prayer to St. Sebastian. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glorious Sebastian, martyr and saint, I call on your strength and courage to help me through this difficult trial. Your faith was so deep, a multitude of arrows could not finish you. The piercing wounds inflicted for your faith only proved to strengthen your belief. May you intercede for those who are weakened from the effects of disease. I ask for your intercession, that I may also survive that which threatens to destroy my beliefs in the mercy of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
7: For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com
1: or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary media app. Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran.
4: And I'm Carla Wehrman,
10: co-host of Sunday Commentary.
1: Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 as we break down the scripture readings
13: so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass.
10: It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio.
1: The bridge between your faith and everyday life.
0: It's joy, it's inspiration, it's the morning blend with David and Brenda on Matter Day Radio.
1: And it is 856 at Matter Day Radio. One last look at your forecast today. Mostly sunny skies, high of 68 degrees. Clouds roll in overnight tonight, low of 46, and then sunny, mostly sunny for Thursday, high of 73, Friday 76, Saturday 80, Sunday 79. So pretty nice few days ahead. It is currently 54 degrees in the Rose City.
2: And closing out our show, here is I Am They and From the Day. And you are listening to Mater Day Radio.
3: When you found me, I was so blind. My sin was before me, I was swallowed by pride. But out of the darkness You brought me to your life You showed me
1: That is I am They and from the day. It's 859 at Monterey Radio. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for The Morning Blend. David and Brenda with you. Thanks for tuning in on the very last day of May.
2: All right, let's bring it. Boy, this is going to be a real short week. Tomorrow's already Thursday, David.
1: I'll see you next month.
2: Okay. (laughs) Hey, I like that. I'll see you too next month. That is going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Blend. So it is Wednesday. That means at 730 this evening, our friend Miriam Marston will be blazing the trail. A great way to listen to her show too is to download the free Hail Mary media app the podcast of tonight's show usually up by early in the afternoon so you can catch that early edition maybe on your way home this evening we hope you have a blessed day